Well, no, Chris Renwick, not in tonight. Uh, I'm Sean Belegian, along with my pal Eric Dorch, and you are listening to Sports Wrap here on 760 WJR. And Eric, uh, we're no dummies on Sports Wrap. There is a very, very high chance that anybody that is interested in the Los Angeles Ram San Francisco 49er game is not, and I repeat, not listening to us right now. Can, uh, can we get that established right off the bat? I w- we, we, we don't always agree, but I'll agree with you on that one. I would agree <laughs> with you on that one. Uh, no score in that one. Uh, Niners and Rams for the third time this year. Uh, Rams have the ball deep in their own territory. Of course, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals win in overtime earlier today. Uh, they knock off the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City, mind you, in overtime, nonetheless, by a score of 27-24, they advanced to the Super Bowl uh, two weeks from today. So you know what we're going to do today, Eric? We're not going to talk a whole heck of a lot of football. And I know that's okay with you because I know knowing you, you are into other things mm-hmm. as well. Uh, the one thing I do want to talk about, however is the Jim Harbaugh stuff that just refuses to go away. First, it was the he's going to interview with the Minnesota Vikings, and then it became uh, just this afternoon, the rumors started aplenty uh, that maybe, just maybe, the Miami Dolphins are doubling back and uh, ready to take a second look at Jim Harbaugh. And I'm going to stay consistent with this. I said this a few weeks ago in the morning with Paul W. Smith. And I'll I'll say it here tonight, Eric. And I, I'll be interested to hear your take as you uh certainly have a vested interest in this as a Michigan fan. Um the one person that we need to hear from we haven't heard from, and that's Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. And Jim Harbaugh has been steadfast. Uh, in the past that he's happy at Michigan. Now we heard secondhand information that Jim allegedly, and I have to use the word allegedly, allegedly told some recruits that he's looking at other options, that he is considering the NFL, et cetera, et cetera. But Jim hasn't come out one way or the other. Uh, Eric, as you sit here right now, 709 on January 30th, Mm -hmm. uh, where is your head at in regards to all of this you know uh uh filling in for the show yesterday maddie and i talked about this maddie also a big u of m guy and they had just announced the minnesota thing and i told them you know what i it's this thing of if the phone rings you're gonna take the phone call you can't not take the phone call you know he had a good year his stock might be a little higher he's getting nfl jobs or offers you got to take the phone call that being said i just don't think it's gonna happen I see Harbaugh as a college coach. He just, college football and that atmosphere and everything about it just seems to fit him better. It's just something that seems to work for him. And I, 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 you know, if he decides to go, I'm not going to hold it against him. I just, I personally think that come, you know, fall of this upcoming year, we're going to see Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines in Ann Arbor. That's just how I feel about it. You know, I always felt, and I know you and I had this conversation many times. Mm -hmm. And so I can, uh, I I can uh, definitively say this to you because we had this conversation on and off the air. 
Jim Harbaugh is a heck of a coach. Mm -hmm. Okay. Was Jim Harbaugh the savior that I think a lot of people thought him to be? No, he wasn't. But that doesn't make him a less than coach. If if I were a Michigan fan, I I am not. But (laughs) if I was a Michigan fan, I would want Jim Harbaugh to stick around. Make no mistake about that. And, And not just because they finally got the job done. I think overall, he's done a fine job there. The one thing that we always have to talk about is this. You can talk about a guy being a good coach, but you have to bring home the hardware. And he showed he could do that this past season. So I could understand why any Michigan fan wouldn't want to get rid of that because finally, not only did you beat Ohio State, but you finally won your division. You finally won the Big Ten for the first time, you know, since forever, really. You know, that they won or shared going all the way back to what? Oh, four. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a situation where I can't I can't imagine what a Michigan fan is going through right now. No, and I, I, I can specifically remember sitting in the studios upstairs with you and Steve Courtney before a Lions broadcast, and we were talking about this, and I said I don't think Jim Harbaugh is that guy. He like to use Michigan and all that. He's not Bo. He's not the guy that's gonna get you know do it all. But he is a guy that I think could t- turn him around and get him in the right direction. And this year shows that. It took a couple years. There were a lot of question marks going into this year, but the you know the right pieces came together. He recruited the right people. He put the both sides of the ball in a, a good cha- a good position to win, and we were able to do that. And I think it just to me doesn't seem like he's gonna spend all that time building this how he wants it just to get to that point where they could potentially be very consistent for a, a long time and walk away from it. I, I just how I feel about it. But I always knew he was going to be a good coach. I was never going to say, oh, Jim Harbaugh is the savior of Michigan because that's just too much to put on any person. Yeah, the uh, the Harbaugh to Miami stuff in particular has really picked up uh, just this afternoon. And I think a lot of people are remembering uh, what what Stephen Ross said a few weeks ago where he said, I'm not going to be the guy that takes Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. So people are already saying that. Uh, Eric, as we found out yesterday, um, don't believe what you hear right away. Uh, There's no (laughs) doubt about that uh, because, heck, just yesterday afternoon, a lot of people had Tom Brady gone. Now, look, he still may retire, okay? He still may retire. Don't make any mistake about that. But, I mean, people had that as a completed pass yesterday, and the simple the fact of the matter was it was not. So if uh, this Twitter age has taught me anything, Eric, it's to take just about everything that I read, including from some of the best sources out there, and give it a nice dose of salt. Absolutely, and that's what it's it's become today. Is, is you know every, anyone who you know has a phone, you're able to report something. And uh, again, to, about yesterday, Maddie and I were saying how it, you you probably remember these days back when you found out someone was retiring when ESPN said breaking news, and it was a guy sitting at a podium with a microphone announcing his retirement. There was Man. no you know pre to pre to pre announcement. It was the announcement when that guy was sitting there saying his goodbyes to the uh, to the organization and to the fans. Nowadays, you find out someone's retiring two minutes after their last game, and they haven't even made up the decision. So it's it's kind of crazy. No doubt about that. Uh, glad you can join us. Uh, Eric Dorch uh, sitting along with me, Sean Belegian. When we come back, want to talk a little bit about the Detroit Red Wings because I think 
what we're seeing with the Detroit Red Wings this year is not shocking to me. And I'll tell you why when we come back. Uh, Eric, I know I don't have to twist your arm to talk hockey. We will do that next. So glad you could join us wherever you may be on a Sunday night. It is Gridiron Wrap right here. <laughs> Boy, see, old habits die hard. Try that again, Eric, huh? Take it two. is Sports Wrap right here on 760 WJR. Well, so glad you could join us on a Sunday night here. It is Sports Wrap. We flip-flop today. Usually gridiron wrap is at seven, sports wraps at six. We flip-flop today. Hope you can understand why with the Rams-Niners game going on. But uh, nonetheless, glad to be here tonight. I'm Sean Belegian. Of course, Eric Dortch uh, by my side as uh, we are talking all things sports. Wanted to get into the Red Wings in a little bit because I, I think – the one thing that I have seen, Eric, the last couple of years is mm-hmm. I, I think fans have um, been prone to put the cart before the horse. And if it was bad this year, just think how bad it was in the last couple of years. People were throwing around the P word over any kind of small winning streak or a start to the season, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And if there's one thing that I've seen out of the Detroit Red Wings this year. It's, and we'll get to that in a moment. First, we have a special guest on the line, 800-859-0WJR. Always a pleasure to hear from this guy. He is the one, the only, Mr. Positive. What's up, buddy? Greg, are you there? Oh, we don't have Greg there. Sorry about that, Greg. We'll we'll try to reconnect with you in a second. So in the meantime, Eric, do you know what I've seen out of the Red Wings this year? Uh, they're I, not I'm, ready. Okay. They're, okay. They're a young team. They're not ready. Take a deep breath. Steve Eiserman's done a tremendous job rebuilding this team so far. This was going to be a five-year plan. Steve hasn't been on the job for three years yet. Deep breath, deep breath, and let it go. Deep breath, and let it go. Almost on a nightly basis, to me, Eric, the one constant with this team is their inconsistency. Yeah. This is an inconsistent young team. That is what young and inconsistent teams do it's gonna be okay it really is gonna be okay i swear i'm interested to get your thoughts on that in a second but first uh let's get back to greg uh mr positive hanging on the line always a pleasure greg how are you buddy oh he hung up again okay well we'll we'll try to get him eric do you do you, do you feel what i'm saying though about the wings that people get so frustrated i i Boy, I thought the sky was falling last night. The way that people were carrying on in regards to them blowing that game against the Leafs. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I don't think anybody saw the Leafs outscoring them 5 nothing in the third period last night. But hey, newsflash, this is what young teams do. No, this is absolutely what young teams do. I want to get. I want to answer your question. You've done such a great job, but we, we keep trying. We got to try one more time. Greg, are you there? Yes. K 
Can you hear me? We, we got, got you. How are you? Thanks for calling. Okay. Hey, you guys. Uh, Mr. Positive here. Um, just got to say, Sean and Eric, uh, the playoff games, are you a little bit shocked, number one? To me, I'm very surprised. You know, Patrick Mahomes is a seasoned veteran, uh, veteran, veteran, and you'd think that he would have played a lot better. And number two, about Brady, um, you know, I guess the reporter's doing their job when they get to the bottom of things, but, you know, you're getting a lot of people going back and forth as to uh, is this accurate information. Now, Adam Schechter, I think, or, or I don't know how you say his last name, has got a pretty good reputation. Do you think there's merit in that Tom Brady is – retiring or is it just pure hyperbole uh and uh lastly uh i gotta say real quick congratulations to rafael nadal winning the 21st uh, uh grand slam beating uh better Djokovic. yeah uh you know what i think it's a great question in regards to brady and greg thank you for the phone call um are they guilty of jumping the gun the reporters on this absolutely Absolutely. And I, I think if every one of them would have to admit as such. Um, does it sound like Tom Brady's going? Yeah, it sure does. But I guess I'm going to wait to hear, as his agent put it, I'm going to wait to hear it from him. Mm -hmm. uh, th that's that's the way that I look at it. I mean, look, you guys saw yesterday. I, I don't have to tell you. Um, there were people that came out with their goodbye videos, their um, I mean, ESPN's front page on ESPN.com was completely dedicated to something that didn't happen yesterday. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way to say that. I, I, and, and, you know, Eric, you know what it was? They doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on it because they left it up for hours. Their Their whole page dedicated to... Brady moments and, you know, how the GOAT compares to this and how the GOAT compares to that. It was up for hours. And, and quite frankly, I'm not I'm not joking. I kept saying to myself, you're talking about something that hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. No, you know, I... this hasn't happened yet. As a matter of fact, his father and his agent both came <laughs> out and said, hey, Tom hasn't retired yet, guys. So it, it was kind of a it was a weird day. I, I tweeted something out last night. I said, Rough day for the national media. I, I They can spin it any way they want, okay? And they will, accordingly. Well, see, he was going to retire, but he didn't retire. He, 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 everything yesterday was talking about something that did not happen. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It was kind of weird. It was weird. It, it, it was like a. It was almost like there was sort of like for a minute there, like a not a retraction, but it was like, oh, maybe he is a retiring. But then for the next couple hours, it, it, you were right. It was like a, a monument page to Brady on ESPN. And I, I like you said, I, I, I'll believe it when when Brady says he's doing it, kind of like his agent did. But same thing is. Bruce Arians, I, I don't know how you feel about it. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy to play around. And when he's saying, I haven't heard anything, I'm kind of thinking Tom Brady's going to tell his head coach and his teammates and, you know, the front office he's retiring before he's going to tell Schefter or Rappaport or anyone else. Yep. So. That's that's ex that's exactly it. I mean, I mean it, it really is that simple. And it was funny because Albert Breer, to your point, uh, had in asked him 
of course, Bruce Arians, uh, if Tom Brady had informed the team that he is retiring. And he said, no, he hasn't. So, you know, not a good look on on a lot of the – and look, Adam Schefter's the best in the business, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, Eric, I can say that, right? Absolutely. I agree with you. Adam Schefter's the best in the business. However, however, this one's not such a good look. No, no. Not, not such a good look. But uh, it happens. I think we've all been there before in this business. There's no other way to say that. Um, you know, where, where you have something and you're kind of sitting on it, you, you, boy, do I say something? If I say something, is it going to look bad, etc. So, you know, this is just, it wasn't a good day. There's, there's no doubt about that. For all we know though, Tom Brady, uh, when that, uh, extension money kicks in, maybe right after that, he says, I'm retiring. Um, that's usually uh, the case, I think, in, in, in some instances. So we'll see what happens. Uh, in the yeah. meantime, Eric, I, I do want to get your take on the Red Wings because what people may not know about Eric Dorch is, uh, Eric, I've always enjoyed our hockey conversations because there aren't a lot of guys like you and I that openly will say, hey, as much as I love football, as much as I love baseball, as much as I love college football, Hockey is and has mm-hmm. been my favorite sport. That's the way it is. Um, so I, I always uh, get a kick talking to you because I know how passionate you are about the game. But um, to me, people getting upset about the Red Wings right now, it, it, it's it's kind of silly because this is a whole big giant in big, bold letters, not yet for this team. And I go back to what Steve Eiserman has said. They don't want to get to the point where they're just getting in the playoffs, okay? No, yeah, absolutely. Like, you want to, like, the end goal, if the end goal is just to get to the playoffs, then we need to reevaluate everything here. The end goal is a very lovely, shiny trophy, which Steve Eiserman has collected a couple times throughout his career, and he wants that, and I completely agree. Uh, I, I'm with you that it, it is, there are a lot of inconsistencies along the way. The, the only thing I'm taking positive out of this, because they do have a ways to go, is the fact that, Eiserman is sticking to his game plan. He's bringing these guys up and he's giving them a chance to really kind of, you know, get experience. And some of these guys, Raymond Sider, for example, are there's they're showing signs of being able to handle this at an early age, which to me goes, ooh, when this inconsistency turns to consistency, oh boy, is this team going to be a lot of fun to watch. Now that's why I said when, because it's not right now. It's not at all right now. But I I don't know anyone that should be complaining about a team that's near 500 when a couple years ago we were fighting just to, you know, get a couple wins per month. Yep. So that's, that's, that's exactly it. And, and you know what? You see it almost on a nightly basis. You, you really do. There are things that make you go, okay, they're turning the corner. There are things that make you say, oh, here we go again. I, you know, almost on a nightly basis. And, and, and it's interesting because, this team isn't at that point yet, Eric, in my humble opinion, where you have to worry about it on a night by night basis. Yeah. You know, you it's almost like is it as cheesy as it sounds, take that snapshot. Take a snapshot of what this set of games looked like, what that month looked like, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Because as quick as they can have a game like they did against the Pittsburgh Penguins, they can fall apart like they did last night 
against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, that, again, is what young teams are prone to do. Absolutely. I look back to, and this was a loss, so take it for what it is, but I look back to the Blackhawks game a couple nights ago when it was an 8-5 game. Other years, that's an 8-1 to loss because the Wings just kind of, they let it fall off. This team, even though they lost by three, they didn't give up till the very end. They were still trying to do everything they can to score, and for a while there, it looked like it was going to be a game, and then Chicago finished it off, but that's, to me, the little difference is this team, it, it, It's no matter what that score is, it's not over for them until the refs say, okay, we're done playing. And I like yep. that a lot. By the way, uh, Rams take a 7 nothing lead. Matthew Stafford, too. You're never going to believe who he threw a touchdown to. Cooper Cup. Really? Uh, they have a 7 nothing lead. 8.04 to go in the second quarter there. If you'd like to join the show, we'd love to hear from you. 800-859-0WJR. Uh, talking a little bit about the Wings. Want to get into the Michigan-Michigan State basketball game yesterday as well so much to do so little time this is sports wrap on a sunday night right here on 760 wjr all right welcome back so glad uh, you can join us here john the legion sitting in for chris renwick tonight on 760 wjr of course eric dorch here as well uh eric uh, as we were talking about during gridiron wrap with uh, bill keenis tonight um, Debo Samuel, I, I, it's hard to compare him to anybody I've seen in my 51 years. He is a special talent. The way he's utilized uh, certainly is a special thing, and he just uh, showed that off. Uh, short pass, uh, Debo does the rest, and this game is tied up at seven apiece between the Niners and the Rams with 6-10 to go in the second quarter. Is there anybody you can compare him to? He is just so fun to watch. He is genuinely one of those guys where at any point, wherever he is on the field, you have to keep an eye on him because within a matter of seconds, he could do something that's phenomenal and he can change a game. He Anywhere you want to put him, backfield, receiver, slot, anywhere. Uh, I told you in the break that the only person I can think of, and it's kind of a stretch, but it's just because of the impact he had on the game, no matter when he stepped on the field, was Devin Hester. I mean, Devin Hester was never the most elite receiver. He's more known for kick return, punt return. But they tried him in the backfield. They tried him, uh, you know, at receiver, and he he had some success. And that's what I see with with Devo Samuel. As long as the football's in his hand, it doesn't really matter where he starts. You you have to worry about the fact that at any given moment he can break a play, like we just saw here, and we've seen multiple times throughout this playoff. I mean, I I don't think it'd be a stretch to say that one of the main reasons the Niners are here right now is because Debo Samuel is kind of doing everything he can to keep them there. Yeah, no, it, it, it he has been, uh, make no mistake about it, he has been uh, tremendous. Uh, there's no doubt about it, and, and his impact and what he brings is, it's, Eric, I, I, I keep saying this, it, it, it's it's just such a unique, unique thing. You know, I mean, it, it, it really is a very unique thing. Um, Cordero Patterson's a guy that that you know obviously same thing like yeah. Hester. I'm not saying he's that, but Patterson is a guy that can hurt you in a in a plethora of ways. But uh, this is something you know to me. No disrespect to you, this is like Hester or Patterson on steroids. Yes. You know what I mean? It, it, it's it's you know people say next level. It's a couple levels up. 
No, I, I completely agree. I, I Believe me, when I said Devin Hester, I wasn't trying to say that's the bar oh, I get, no, leave I, it there. No, trust me, I get what you're saying, uh, yeah. But to me, and I think the reason it is so insane is because we've seen, like, like Patterson and Hester, we've seen teams try it, and if it doesn't work, they don't really push it anymore. With Debo, sure. we've just seen it. It's not, it's, it, it almost has become second nature that, oh, he's in the backfield. Oh, look, he's in motion. It's not even a question anymore because it's just the fact we're going to put him wherever we think he needs to be to give us a best chance on offense and that's why I was like I agree with you uh, with Cordell Patterson and it is that though it's kind of mesh those two together and then juice them up and maybe we're at the level we're talking about with Debo right now yeah it, it has been it has been definitely something to watch uh did you catch any or all of the game heard right here on your home for the Spartan 760 WJR uh Michigan State Michigan it's always a thing it's always going to be a thing uh, Michigan State uh, wins going away. It got ugly there for a while in the second half. There's no other way to say it. Uh, they knock off Michigan 83-67. to 67. Eric, did you take much of that in? I took the whole thing in. I was here because you know me. I don't leave on the weekends. I was here running the game, so I watched the whole thing, and I, I agree. I, I texted two of my buddies who were Spartan fans, and I told them, like, oh, boy, is this Spartan team just they, – they just are they're complete. It's – it's one of those things where you, you can't necessarily pick out one guy as the guy. It's just everybody seems to always be where they need to be and stepping up. Now, Michigan's having some troubles this year, but that's no excuse for it. M- Michigan State just executes and just finishes. And, it, I, you know, Hunter Dickinson's about our only hope on the uh, U of M side right now. Yeah, you know, it's what's interesting, and, you know, we have a chance to talk with uh, Coach Izzo. Steve Courtney does such a great job with conversation with Coach Izzo in the morning on the Paul W. Smith Show. And and Coach Izzo, to his credit, and he says this a lot, um, you know, hey, we, we got to do something about the turnovers. That That's certainly been a bugaboo for Michigan State. But what's interesting about this to me, Eric, is I think the Spartan team has, has kind of, it's kind of progressed like we've seen a lot of Michigan State teams progress with maybe one expectation. There weren't any expectations before this season. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There really weren't. This was a team where I think a lot of people were saying, okay, well, let's see what we got. Yeah, sure, get in the tournament. But, you know, maybe there's some justification in regards to not being ranked. And Tom Izzo is doing what, quite frankly, Tom Izzo does. Uh, with this basketball team, and they're going to be very formidable before all is said and done. Uh, whereas Michigan was the team that uh, was kind of getting all the preseason glory. Now, I don't want you to think for a second, Eric, or any of the listeners out there, I don't want you to think for a second that I'm going typical Spartan guy and dismissing your team. I think Juwan Howard is a heck of a coach. I think what Juwan Howard has done so far has proven that. This hasn't been an easy go so far this season for a myriad of reasons. But how surprised are you, Eric, with some of these preseason expectations being so high and mighty? I mean, look, Eric, there were guys nationally saying that the Michigan Wolverines were a team that has a chance to win the national championship. Yeah, I... I... I, look, I, I love Juwan Howard. I I love that he's here. He is he is that guy, you know, kind of what we expected with Harbaugh. He turned him around. So not really turned him around, but he kept them going so fast. Uh that to me, I I, I never got on that, you know, that 
national train just for the fact that I felt like a lot of it was the it was more the cloud. It was what we did last year, how good we were, and then that's the thing. We lost a lot, and it's taking him a little longer to rebuild it. So I I, I expect Howard to get it going. I expect him. This is not a team that's just going to fall off a cliff. They're going to fight every every game, uh, and I'm sure they'll they'll be there for the Big Ten uh, to compete. But this is just one of those years. It's it's uh, it's going to be a little bit of an off year for them, and unfortunately, they just need to keep their heads down, keep plugging away, and uh, we'll get them next year, kind of thing. Yeah, Eric, it, it is going to be very interesting to see what happens moving forward because um, as we sit here today on January 30th, the one thing that jumps out to me is Michigan's on the outside looking in in regards to the tournament. Now, they can go on a run late in the season, and that can change things. Obviously, a run at tournament time would would get them automatically in, but at 10 and 8 and 4 and 4 in the conference this is a team excuse me that is on the outside looking in right now oh absolutely it, it, I, like it's uphill sledding all the way they they have a lot they have to get done in order to do it i i'm just expecting that you know every game's a little more experience for these guys who are kind of new to uh to this and it, it's going to be it, it, like i said we go where hunter dickinson take us right now he is the guy he's he's playing such great basketball but as we're seeing and it's why in my opinion you want to have that more complete team than that one guy team because you see one guy teams they they are literally like set to go wherever that person takes them and sometimes they just can't do it every night inside and out whereas the complete team like what michigan state has is far more competitive and far more easy to you know or harder to game plan against so they're they're on the outside looking in but i i just i have that faith in juan howard that give them the time they're just gonna have to keep chipping away at it i see them kind of getting things fixed and hopefully uh in the next uh matchup with msu we can uh, have a little bit of a different score well two minute warning by the way in the niners rams game still a seven seven game uh second and ten for the rams on the Niner 38-yard line looking to uh, perhaps tack on some points before the half, go into the half with a lead. Don't let the Niners hang around. If we've learned one thing, it is that undeniable truth. Just ask the Packers last weekend. All right, final segment of the show coming up. Don't go anywhere. He's Eric Dorch. I'm Sean Belegian. This is Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, Sean Belegian in uh, as well. We didn't get a chance to talk this past Friday. If you haven't checked us out yet, by all means, hope you will give us a listen on Friday night. Uh, Darren McCarty show always have a great time with uh, D Mac and Eric Dorch and uh, Brandon Blake, as D Mac affectionately calls him when he decides to bless us with his presence. Uh, we will be back on Friday night, though. Right, Mr. Dorton? Friday night. Uh, as far as I know, we will be here, yeah. Yeah, looking, looking forward to it. Uh, no good field goal attempt by Matt Gay, and we're all tied up. Seven apiece. 54-yard field goal went uh, wide right. Niners take over. First and 10 on their own 36-yard line with a buck left before halftime of course uh, the winner of this game advances to take on the Cincinnati Bengals who knocked off 
the Kansas City Chiefs earlier today in overtime. Eric, are you one of those guys? Do you hope that one day the NFL decides that they're going to move the Super Bowl to a Saturday night? Are you one of those guys? Yeah, I think it'd be great. Uh, I, I'm also one of those guys that's still crazy enough to take the day after off regardless. But, yes, I think I think it would just be so much better if it was a Saturday. Uh, every you, you, I, I can't see how they haven't just for the fact that you would assume ratings would skyrocket because everybody would be able to watch it. I know for a fact my dad has never seen the second half of a Super Bowl in the last 10 years because he's got to get up and go to work the next day. So uh, I am one of those people that, yes, moving into a Saturday would just be great. It'd be so much easier to plan around, and it's a lot easier, uh, I think, for everybody. You know, I I have a bigger issue uh, sometimes with sports. I've never understood. Like, for example, when I was a kid, Monday Night Football started at 9. Mm-hmm. 9. Think about that. Monday Night Football was at 9 o'clock. I never understood why the Stanley Cup Finals started at 8 o'clock, why the World Series always seemed to start at about 8.25. Uh, Same thing for the NBA Finals. I never, ever understood that, especially, uh, you know, so much of what they want to do is is to cater to the young kids out there, and uh, kids can't do that on a school night, you know, depending what sport it is, obviously, if the if, if it's later in the year and maybe the kids are out of school, say for the NBA finals, it's uh, Eric, I've never for the life of me, I've never understood that. Why can't you just roll at seven o'clock and call it a day? Absolutely. I, I to this day, I wish I had had I wish I had recorded myself convincing my parents to let me stay up in 2003 when the Pistons were playing the Lakers because the the we the yarn I we, I wove telling them that it would be OK for me to stay up that late. I, I, I promise you, I probably could have been the greatest lawyer or salesperson ever just off of that sales pitch alone because I have no idea how I did it. But I, I can remember sitting up well past my bedtime when that you know that TV's coming on and they're calling the you know the starting lineups for the Lakers and the Pistons in LA. So I've never gotten it either. It is because you do you really alienate a whole half of the country. If the wings go out to the West Coast, there's a lot of people that can't watch because by the time the game's over, their alarm's going off three or four hours later. Or if they're you like like you getting up super early, your alarm's going off like an hour and a half later. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I remember one time when I was a kid, it was during the 1986 Stanley Cup Finals. And, um, of course, Eric, you weren't born, so make me feel old. But um, it was during the 1986 Finals, and the game went into overtime, and my dad was already absolutely furious that I was up in the third period. And he said, go to bed, go to bed. And so being the weasel that I was, uh, I turned off the lights in my room and then turned on the television uh, with no volume. I turned the television back on with no volume, and I took a towel and stretched it along the bottom of my door. So my dad was not going to see my dad was not going to see the light from the television coming out from the bottom of the door. And I thought I was so sneaky until the game was won in overtime and I let out a yelp and then I heard him walking down the hall and I was like, busted. Uh, and so that's when my dad found out that, uh, quite frankly, I had been doing that, Eric, no joke, for about two years. And I never got caught until that night during the uh, the 1986 Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, I mean, that's I, I can't tell you how many times I had that conversation with my son where we're watching a World Series. And I, I 
Jack, it, it's 10:15. You got to mm-hmm. go to bed, kid. Oh. Dad, please, please, Jack. I, I, no way, because I know how you are when you don't get your sleep. I'm, I'm sorry. We, we can't do this. It's, that's a rough spot to put a kid in, man. Oh, absolutely. You know, and you know how it is. You, you grow up in your house. You could take every, you could walk through your house blindfolded and know everywhere that you are. And that was me. My parents. I, I don't know why they never picked up on this. They put the TV in the corner of the family room, and they had the only where to sit. You had to face away from the doorway that led in. So I found ways to just sneak down the stairs. I knew don't step on that step because it'll creak, and avoid that, and this and that. And I would just hide around the corner. While my dad was watching Monday Night Football or Red Wings games late or, you know, anything, this and that. And I, I can't tell you many times and I would just have to keep looking over my shoulder to make sure my mom wasn't coming. And if she was, I had to hide for a second because there was no way I was going to miss these games. They're, they're the things you grew up loving and it's why we love sports so much that we were willing to risk our parents catching us and maybe getting in a little trouble to see these games. Well, and it, it's I as I always tell my kids to this day, especially we hockey fans, we didn't get an opportunity to see a whole heck of a lot of hockey when we were kids. You know, maybe there'd be a, a Wings game on Channel 50. And um, for me, CBC and Hockey Night in Canada, that was can't miss every Saturday. And occasionally they would throw a random Tuesday night game or Wednesday night game on there. And that was just something... I don't care if it was eight o'clock. Are you kidding me? I was getting a chance to watch, you know, even if it was, you know, the Leafs playing the Quebec Nordiques, it didn't matter. I, you know, I wanted to watch that game because we didn't have that opportunity that, that, you know, kids have today. I mean, that was just something we didn't get an opportunity to see the plethora of games out there. And then, Oh my goodness. When sports channel America started to broadcast a game a week, Oh my goodness. You know, in in the early nineties, it was something, you know, and by that time it could stay up late though. And that was, so it was occasionally they'd, they'd pull that double header and they had the West coast game, which, you know, to me, Eric, you thought that was the coolest thing. Oh my gosh. A game is starting from LA at 10 30. I'm so in, and you know, it, it makes, I, I hope it makes kids grateful for what they have today that, that, you know, if there's a game you, you want to watch, you're going to be able to see it one way or the other. Yeah, definitely. I see. I was fortunate. I grew up in the age of it's changed names so many times, but you know, Fox Sports Detroit and all that. I grew up knowing I wanted to see a Pistons game or a Red Wings game or a Tigers game. You knew the channel, you you went right to it. And I I grew up with that. But yes, nowadays, it's almost impossible to miss the game. There's so many different streamings and sites you can go to for it that it, it really is that much more fortunate as opposed to I can remember flipping out the days that I would go to turn on a Pistons game and it would be, you know, blacked out because the Red Wings game and I'd have to Try, like look all around to try to find it somewhere, but uh, it, it is it, what, what we have today is phenomenal for able to find these things. I would have loved to have had it. Me with an iPad back, at, you know, when I was six, sitting in my bedroom watching uh, sports would have been a lot more convenient for me. Let's put it that way. Well, we have a couple minutes left, and uh, always love chatting with you, Eric. Uh, what's your level of interest in the Olympics this year? I know, like me. I'm sure you're devastated that the the pros aren't going to be there. I, I, I am. am I'm, yes. There's no other way to say it. I think that um, I think the league has made a dreadful, dreadful mistake not having more best of the best in the last six years. I, I think it's a crying shame, and everybody. And when I say everybody, everybody loses uh, from that. You know, maybe we see the World Cup of Hockey come back. But we need another best of the best type of scenario. 
uh, to happen. But what's your level of interest in the Olympics this year? Uh, you know, see, I'm, I always will have interest for it cause it's stuff we don't get to see on a regular basis. Sure. But for me, like you said, no pros there. It's, it, that's already going to dwindle it down a little bit. And, you know, I, I'll want to watch the snowboarding and the, uh, the speed skiing and all that stuff. Cause that stuff's fun to me, but it, it it's probably not going to hold my attention as much as it normally would. If, you know, the big names that we have in the NHL were over there playing, uh, like we would all love to see. Because I, I agree. Don't get me wrong. I love to see, you know, guys who it's a chance to see people you don't get to see on a regular basis. But at the same sure. time, if I'm watching the Olympics and I'm watching the best in the world, well, the best in the world are, are in the NHL right now. I want to see them in a U.S. you know jersey because it means that much more. They're not representing Anaheim and Boston and Detroit. They're representing the United States of America. And it just means that much more. Eric, I've been very blessed to call hockey um, pretty much every level. I mean, from the high school levels all the way to calling uh, NHL games. And there is nothing like watching those guys go up against each other and ladies as well, I might add, because I called the Women's World Championship um, with, with that flag on the front of their jersey. There's just a different... There's a different vibe there. There's yeah. no other way to say that. It is a special, special moment. I'll echo what you said, though. Some of the events are are so much fun for the Winter Olympics. I know it's kind of cool to kick the Olympics nowadays. I still enjoy it. So, is there is there something time, for you we'll though? If it's not hockey, is there something that'll get your attention for the I, Olympics? I don't even know what it's called. It's that event where they ski for a while and then stop and shoot things. Oh, okay, like yeah. That. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Biathlon, yep. I think it is. Something I, I, like I that. Like yeah. That. Uh, all jokes aside, I love the figure skating because they do things on skates that I couldn't pretend to do, even if some guy clocked me. I mean, it's it's. I, I'm fascinated watching. Some of those figure skaters. I really am. Eric, always a pleasure. Uh, We will talk to you again on Friday. I'll talk to the rest of you tomorrow morning on the Paul W. Smith Show right here on 760 WJR.